Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. We are in the last part of a three-part series called the Mesa Maze. And really what it's about is when you have plateaued in your faith. And if you've ever been working out or been in athletics or something, they talk about the plateau. When you're doing everything that you have been to get to a certain point, but everything that you have been doing is not getting you to the next point. So you have plateaued. You have quit growing. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily doing anything wrong, but you just kind of quit growing. And so I've used the story of me working sheep up on a mesa. And when we talk about a mesa, a mesa is a plateau. A mesa is a, is a mountain with a flat top on it. And it's crazy because you get up there and these mountains have like their own ecosystems. A lot of times you don't even realize you're on a mountain. Um, a lot of times they're that big. So, I mean, the Grand Mesa over there on the West Slope is a, is a great example of that. That mountain has a, has a, a ski resort on top of it. So, uh, on a flat part. So anyway, it, it's really amazing. And so the very first time, uh, very first part of the sermon series, I congratulated y'all for even getting to a point that you have plateaued. Okay, we made it. You made it to a point that you made it to the plateau, and you can only make it to the plateau by growing. So congratulations, seriously, congratulations. But then we kind of get stuck up there. And last week we talked about some things. That, that can get us stuck on the plateau. And I, I owe you all an apology because I started a story and wasn't looking at the time. And I just, you know, last week was crazy. And I started a story and then realized I didn't have time to finish it. So, anyway. I was the only one. We had worked 500 head of sheep, about 500. And we had uh, docked all the lamb's tails. And it was time to go. We were done for the day. But I was the only one riding a different horse. And we had rode up there uh, the day before, or that morning. And so everybody else was leaving their horses there because the boss brought some feed and everything. And they were just going to take the truck back. But I was riding a different horse the next day. So I had to ride my horse back to headquarters. And in the very first, I told you that up on this Mesa, now Mesa, you know, it's got a flat top on it, but it's got what we call rim rock around the edge of the very top. And it's just sheer rock. And sometimes it could be 30 feet tall. Sometimes it could be a couple of feet tall. But anyway, I'm trying to make it back to find the secret way down. Well, I know the secret way up. I don't, for some reason, I don't think it exists on the way down because I couldn't find it. But there was no cell phones for me. You know, you, you don't call cell This is before cell phones. And so anyway, I finally found the safest way off of this mesa. And it was about four feet of rim rock with a slope of like this. So I figured if an Australian cowboy from Snowy River can do it, this cowboy from West Texas can do it. So I got right up there to the edge and I told my pony how great of an idea this was. He did not agree. He did not agree because I got him right up to the edge and I gigged him a little and he just went and didn't do anything else, right? He's like, ah, I ain't doing it. I was like, come on, man, this is a great idea. We can do this. We can do this. And I gigged him, expecting him to go again. He didn't. He went. Scared me so bad, I stepped off. 
I hit every rock on the way down. I felt like I slid like 18 feet, you know, rolling, and my horse is just sitting there looking at me. I think because I was able to hang on to the reins. What happened is when he went, I got scared and I stepped off and missed the four-foot top and went straight down. So I kind of landed on my butt, rolled my ankle, and slid down. Now I'm real mad. Now I'm real mad. I mean, I have nearly been decapitated by a sheep a couple of hours before this, and it had just been going, everything had been going wrong. And now I'm sitting on the side of the mountain. All I have to do is ride down, but I've already fell down. My hands are scraped up. My pride and dignity are non-existent. I do not feel much like a cowboy, and I know that if I don't get back to headquarters pretty quick, they're going to come looking for me, and that's just going to add insult to injury. So as I sat there, streamers for my pity party of how bad this day was, I looked out from nearly the top of this mountain, and I saw something that I hadn't seen for a very, very long time. And it totally changed my outlook on everything that had happened. We're going to have to wait for a little while to figure out what that little thing that I saw was. Today, we, you know, two weeks ago we talked about how we get to the mountain, and it's by growth. And then last week we talked about things that keep us on the plateau, keep us on the mesa, keep us from growing. This week we're going to talk about how to get off of the mesa and get back to growing in Christ. The first thing, if you want to get off the plateau, get to growing, get to being where you need to go, is you got to take a chance. you got to take a risk. you got to do something. you got to get your pony right, your spiritual pony, Ridge of this rock, and yeah, it's scary and everything. you got to gig him. you got to go. you got to take a risk. Because I think that a lot of times in Christianity, we have pray for our safety. But I wonder how... Because, man, uh, you know, oh, man, you know, just pray to keep everybody safe. Pray to keep safe. Pray to keep safe. And that, it seems like that's all we... Ask for help and pray for safety. But when's the last time we prayed for boldness? To step out and do something that nobody else is doing. You want to get to growing again? You're going to have to take a chance. You're See, all that grit that you've accumulated from all this growth, man, when, when we get to a certain point, guys, without growing, lose that grit that we had. Lose the grit that we had. And you need to get out of that sissy pen. And what I mean by sissy pen is that's what I call the comfort zone. Because there is no growth in the comfort zone. We get into this place that we think that we can exist and we, try, we do everything we can to try to stay right there. But if you try to stay right there, you're never going to grow. We have to take a chance. We have to use the grit that we have. We have to use all the sand we have in our bellies and we got to gig them and we got to go. But too often, man, we're too worried about how safe we're going to be while doing it. Man, and I'm not saying don't pray for your loved ones. That's not what I'm saying. But what if we prayed about being bold instead of just being safe? Well, I, I think that one reason that we're scared to step out of the sissy pit, out of our comfort zone, is because a lot of times we're worried about what might happen. 
Well, you know what? When you, when you take a risk, when you take a chance, you're throwing all of that out the window. And sometimes it works out. I remember this one time in Texas, we were cleaning a pasture, which means you gather everything in there, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I knew that there was, or the cowboys had told me that there was a red steer that had been in there for a couple of years that they just never got to rope because he brushes up. And we didn't have any dogs that day. We were supposed to have dogs. The guy didn't show up, had something come up, blah, blah, blah. And so anyway, sure enough, this red steer brushes up. He's got, he's got horns on him. We cannot get him out. We've tried everything. And finally, I asked this one guy, I said, you know what? You're tied on. Give me the end of your rope. He goes, what are you going to do with it? I said, I'm going to build a loop. I'm going to ride in there. And whenever that steer tries to hook me, I'm going to put it around his head, pull the slack, and I'm going to ride out of there. Hopefully, don't get killed. He goes, good idea. <laughs> Must have been a good idea if I did it. But that's what I did. I literally rode into this mesquite bush. I mean, it was a bunch of bushes together, but it was more like this great big entity, right? So I rode in there. Sure enough, he hit me in the side. He's mad, and I threw the loop on him, and I hightailed it out of there. Cowboy pulled his slack, drug him out. They got another couple of ropes on him, got a trailer down there to a clearing, and got it done. It worked out. Took a chance. I mean, there's very many people out there that would willingly go into a mesquite tree to get a steer out. But sometimes you just have to take that chance. If this is where you are and you can't move on till you do something different, you're going to have to take a chance. You're going to have to come out of your comfort zone. You may have to do something different. And you're not going to know how it turns out. Because sometimes it doesn't. I know that me and Jared helped a local guy uh, had a bull that he needed cut and couldn't get it into the pens. It kept jumping out. So me and Jared went out and roped it and pulled it into a guy's daughter got in there uh, with a rubber band to ban this bull and she could not get this one part. And he was standing there all nice and calm like nothing, like it wasn't no big deal. But she couldn't get it. She couldn't get it. And we couldn't leave till it was done. But guess what I did? I stuck my hand between two bars about this wide, right between that horse's back legs, right in front of the back legs, knowing that if this bull moved, it was going to break my arm. Oof. Broke my forearm. I knew it was a possibility whenever I did it. But we need to take the chance. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it don't work out. That's not the point. The point is, we've been given a job to do, and that job is not to sit there in our sissy pen. That job is not to sit there in our comfort zone. Our job is to get out there and do something. And you know what? There's nothing about being a Christian that's going against the worldly ways of, of following God instead of man, of being who God called us to be instead of who everybody expects us to be. None of that is safe. And if you really want to get off the mesa, if you want to get out of your comfort zone, if you want to get to the next level, you are going to have to take a chance. You're going to have to take a risk. You're going to have to get up to the edge and just pour the spurs. You are not. But about putting yourself out there where you can be used by God. Because you know what? I'm not saying God can't. Just never really seen him do a whole lot with own. He's not going to punish you for it. It's not about salvation. It's not about whether you're saved or not. But are you ready to be used by God or just be around God? Because I think a lot of people, they want to ride. They don't want to get up there to the edge of a four-foot 
deal, and that's not even that much compared to what But are you ready to take a chance where God can use you in ways instead of just being a ride for God? And unfortunately, if you're in your comforts, you're doing is you're just sitting on your horse while it's tied to the fence, just sitting there. You're not doing anything. It seems great. Yeah, you're you're riding, you're sitting. But is that what we were made for? Because like the old adage says, smooth seas for skillful sailor, right? And trail rides didn't make great cowboys. Sitting on a horse didn't make us great cowboys. In 2 Timothy 1.7, in the simplified cowboy version, it says this, For God did not give us the spirit of a sissy, but of a spirit of strength, and self-control. 2 Timothy 1.7, simplified cowboy version. You were not meant for the comfort zone. Oh, sure, there, there are good rest areas down the interstate of life, but that's not where we live. We do not live in our comfort zone. Will you pray for boldness as well as safety? You want to move on. You want to be used by God. If you want to reach your full potential, it will not be in the sissy pen. The second thing that we have to do we have to get rid of idols. Now, and they talk about idols being, uh, you know, stuff carved out of stone or carved out of, uh, chiseled into stone or carved, right? They, these were idols. And idols are great to make gods out of because you're exactly like you do. It's exactly what you do. It has the same enemies as you do. Idols are great, right? But they're worthless. They're worthless. It's just a representation of worshiping yourself when you have idols. And sure, I mean, I know what you're sitting there thinking. Well, I, I don't have any stone gods or wooden gods that I, that I pray to, that I worship. Well, anything that we put in front of God is an idol. Anything that we put in front of God is an idol. And idols don't have to be big to make you face plant. When I stepped off that horse, when it went down that, that drop-off, it was all those little rocks that tripped me up. It wasn't the big ones. It was all the little ones that made me face plant. Speaking of which, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you my age right now. I'm going to reveal my age. Um, y'all remember roller skating in a roller rink? You know what it's like to have something little bitty take you out. Because see, we used to go to roller skate people so you could hold the girl's hand. I actually thought that I was cool, but looking back, I'm pretty sure I look like a heifer giraffe giving birth for the first time. Just, you know, not what was going on. But anything bigger than a grain of sand would make you face plant, would it not? I don't know what it is about little rocks with skateboards and, and roller skate that just... Be going along all good. And then you, you hear that. And then you know your face does that on the... Yeah, that's great. That's what idols do to our faith. They don't have to be big idols to make us fall flat. And I know that you're saying, well, I don't, I don't have any idols. I think we all do. I think we all do. One of them is excuses. Is excuses. Every time you don't do what you know you should do, we justify it like, an ex like it's a reason, right? Well, a lot of times people say, well, well, it's a good reason. Even a, 
even a good reason can be a bad excuse. Right? We find all these reasons not to do what we darn sure know God wants. We do all of this, and then we make an excuse, and we feel fully justified that God's okay with it. I don't think God's going to punish us for it, but what are we making excuses about not doing something that God told us to do? That's an idol. That's an idol. How about your time? You know, I, I want to say thank you to everybody, whether you're watching online or you're with us here this morning. Man, this is the first day of the week. And the first thing you did on the first day of your week, out of things that you could have done, you came and worshiped God. Amen. You gave your time. But it's funny how we tend to give God our time when we don't have anything else going on. Just coming to church. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking any time. We shouldn't give God the leftover time that we have. We should make Him the priority and work everything else around that. Now, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to work. Grown adults, I'll be a grown adult. You know when you're making an excuse. You know whenever you know, you're, you're not giving your time to God. You're talking about, but these things can be idols. Maybe it's fear that you've made an idol of. That you're so scared to do something that you're not going to do that for God because you're afraid. Well, fear is your idol. You would rather listen to fear than listen to God. Fear says if you do it, something bad's going to happen. God says you'll never grow unless you do. Which one of those are you going to go for? Fear can be an idol. Cove, you know, coveting things, you know, picking things over God, it, it happens. Anger. You'd rather be angry about something than forgiving. Holding on to things that are not God. We do... We all do it in some form or fashion. And if you want to get off the mesa, if you want to learn to grow, you're going to have to take a risk. You're going to have to take a chance. You're going to have to get out of that sissy pen and get back in the game. We have to do that by getting rid of idols. Excuses, time, fear, covenants, anger. How about this? Pride. Pride. Pride gets in the we, we we make an idol of ourselves all the time. Well, how dare they do that to me? How dare you think you've never done that to somebody else? Because we've all done those things. Look at life through our very own lens where we're the central part, and I get that. But if you really you can't do it dragging your pride along with you. It'll stop you. And how about this? How about your tomorrows? Your tomorrows. Because see, we so much of our lives planning what tomorrow, not just tomorrows being Monday, but you know, before Christmas. The tomorrows of uh, you can retire. The tomorrows of saving up so that you can buy that thing that you idols out of our tomorrows. And when we're so busy worrying about what we will do in the tomorrows to come that we miss out on what God wants to do through us today. See, God wants to use you today. Jesus even said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its, 
Tomorrow has its Who are you going to be today? Who are you going to be today? Don't worry about tomorrow. Are you going to follow God today? The rest of the day, worship Him. Are you going to honor Him? Is every do and say going to be in a manner that glorifies God? I hope so. Don't let your tomorrows become an idol that gets in the way of God using you today. In Colossians 3, verse 5, the Apostle Paul says, Ride off from all the things you used to ride for. Sexual nastiness, corruption, and desecration, greed, which makes money and possessions your God, which are idols. Chuck yourself free of all the idols, everything that's standing in the way of you and God. And take a chance. Get out of that sissy pen. If you want off the mesa, you're going to have to take a chance. You are going to have to get rid of everything. And finally, I sat out there on the side of a mountain, bleeding. My pride was hurt. My dignity's hurt. And I saw something. Standing right beside me is my horse, and he's looking out at the same thing I'm looking at. And it's like he kind of saw what I saw. Changed everything. Because it had been so long since I just sat down on the edge of a mesa in West Texas and looked at just how pretty it was out there. But let me tell you something. There's nothing pretty about West Texas. It's true. There's nothing pretty about West Texas unless you have the eyes to see it. You can see past the dirt. You can see past the snakes and the scorpions and the thorns and the cactus. And you see something incredible that God had made. And I was thinking, not only did I see West Texas in a way that I hadn't looked at it in a long time, I saw my life in that. That my life, there's nothing pretty about my life. Even today, it's got the rocks, it's got the thorns, you know, it, it's got everything that you can think of in there. But you know what? There's still beauty in that. Sure, I'd had to pony the boss's horse all the way up there, sideways, down a tre- up a treacherous cliff, get mutilated by a sheep with a kamikaze sheep that tried to take my head off, bleeding, sitting on the from blood and dirt and sweat and just dirty. And yet, I saw beauty. You know, we focus on so many of our own problems and emotions and what we're going through that we miss the hidden beauty of us. Because see, I think you can understand when you look on your own life, you may not think it's that beautiful. But God does. He's the beauty that we miss with our own eyes. But ever so often we can just sit on the side, Asa, and look at our own lives and go, you know what? Yeah, it's a mess out there. No, I haven't right. I've made poor decisions and poor choices and been loved. I look out across here and I see nothing beauty on, beautiful on the surface. But deep down, it is beautiful. And if you want to get off the mesa and get somewhere else, you've got to see the beauty in your own struggle. Hard life that you're looking at, 
It's what made you who you are today. And it's who you are today that God wants to use for His glory. He wants to can't use you while you're in the sissy pen. He wants you to take a risk. He wants you to take a gamble on Him. On Him. Because He said He'd never leave us nor forsake us. And He gave us a man and that man's mission to follow. To tell everybody the good news. To tell people the gospel. To go out into the world and make disciples of all men and all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And yeah, I'm there with you always. God wants you to take a chance on Him. He wants you to get rid of your idols, anything that's standing in the way. You know what? We all have that hole in our heart that we try to put idols into thinking it's going to... I'm telling you right now that God is the only thing that can fill that hole. And He wants to fill it in your life. If you want to get off the plateau that you're on, you've got to learn to see the beauty of the valley instead of just the excitement of the top. Because you know what? I get it, man. Everybody wants to be on the mountaintop. But nothing grows on the mountain. Nothing grows on the highest peak. You know where your growth happens? Down in the bottom. And I think it's time for some of you to get out of the sissy pen. You've been there long enough. I've been there long enough. It's for God. No, let me rephrase that. Don't do stuff for God. It's time for us to go do stuff with God. And let's go to Him in prayer. Father, we are all ready to grow in You. We want to grow in our faith, our grace, and our love for others. Help us to reach down where the truth is and use it as a lifeline to growth. And Jesus, thank You for being that lifeline for us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.